0: Hey moms, are you wondering if there are more or better ways you can nurture your relationship with your daughter or daughters? That's the topic of today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Dorinda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorinda, wife to Daryl for 34 years, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can find them at my website, Wilson and you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. If you are interested in getting a free digital download of a devotional that I wrote called Encouraging a Homeschool Heart, um, this little devotional... Is uh was written to accompany the four-hour school day. And you can get that for free by subscribing to my monthly email newsletter. So I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to be able to do that. And also, I have an online mentoring course where I have done a series of videos that talk about what it looks like to take a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling uh, for kindergarten ages to 12... <laughs> ages to 12th grade, from kindergarten to 12th grade. So I hope you'll check that out if you get a chance. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. Now, you've heard me talk about CTC Math for some time now, but have you tried it out yet? CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. Who doesn't want that, right? This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. Start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com, that's ctcmath.com, and once again, I'll leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to go check that out. Today, we're going to be talking about nurturing mother daughter relationships. And I have invited my second daughter, Jenna, to talk about this with me. So I have three daughters, and I'm pretty sure that each of them would have some of the same things to say. But of course, there would be some differences because each one is unique. And what's important and impactful to one might not be to the other. So I wanted to have Jenna join me today because she and I probably butted heads quite a bit, (laughs) quite a bit more than I did with our other two daughters. Um, And I think there are several reasons for that, some of which we'll be talking about as we get further into this episode, a little hint, it wasn't all her fault. (laughs) But I wanted you to have the opportunity to one, see that this investment in your daughter's is very much worthwhile, no matter how hard it gets. And number two, realize that what you're fighting for when you are working so hard to have a good relationship with your daughter has long-term ramifications. So I'm excited to have this conversation with Jenna. Welcome, Jenna. I'm so glad you're here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're actually doing this from across the country. Jenna lives in Idaho with her husband, Sam, and their three little ones. And uh, we're over in North Carolina, but it's just so cool that we can just have this conversation and share it with other moms. So um, now, now we're going to give everybody a forewarning here. Uh, the kiddos are upstairs. <laughs> and uh, so they may be interrupting the episode, but we decided, you know what, that's life. Um, so if you hear some little voices, that's where it's coming from. and we're just going to roll with it. Right, Jenna? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I came up with some questions to ask Jenna, um, and then we'll, she'll give her response and I'll, you know, maybe throw some thoughts in there as well. But I really wanted moms to hear a lot from our adult daughter who, uh, you know, I've had a relationship with now for 30 years and, um, you know, so she's got some perspective now and she's she's a, a mom herself of a daughter. So I think it's always interesting because it gives you a lot more perspective when, once you're an adult and you've lived life for a while and now you have children of your own. Right, Jenna? I mean, I'm sure your perspective has changed. Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> it was a very enthusiastic yes there. Okay. So first question, what do you think were the most helpful ways that I nurtured our relationship?
1: Um, I think it was appreciating like my individuality, um, Mm -hmm. and my own personhood and like kind of, uh, fostering that development because rather than just lumping me in with everybody else, (laughs) and you did a really good job with that with Mm -hmm. all of us, I think, but, um, just having like the one-on-one time and the seeking to understand who I was.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Well, and, you know, I think that I look back and I think, I could have done a better job on that. You know, it, it feels like, um, and we'll, we'll get more into this in just a minute because we're going to go to the flip side, like what things I could have done better here in just a minute. But um, I think at the time, you know, as you were growing up, I often felt as though, you know, I wished that there was more time I could mm-hmm. have spent, but I knew I was limited, you know? And, and so I think one of the things that I remember doing a lot was praying Mm -hmm. and asking the Lord to, you know, like multiply my efforts, like and just, you know, we co- we lived way out in the country. So going out on a date, quote unquote, on a regular basis wasn't really realistic for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I re- I do remember sometimes pulling you guys aside individually, especially the girls and like having coffee or tea I with like you at coffee, home.
1: Coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or if I was going to go grocery shopping and I could possibly grab one of you to take with me, there was a lot of talk time in the car. I, I think it's recognizing those opportunities when they're just there sitting in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um okay, so let's talk about some ways that in retrospect you wished I would have done uh some things that you wish I would have done or done more of.
1: Oh. Um see, I don't want to be mean.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm opening myself up because this is what I want moms to know. None of us is going to do this perfectly. Mm. And if someone else can learn from or glean from something that I didn't do enough of. And and maybe they've already been feeling that this isn't a guilt trip for moms. This is a, okay, I've already been feeling like this is important. And this is affirmation that maybe I need to, you know, pray about doing a little, how I can do a little more of this with my daughter. So go for it.
1: Um, I think, and this is one that I've had to do with my own daughter. um, I have to apologize more.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Getting to the root of things and sorting them out when she or when I um, respond like negatively or over mm-hmm. the top the correction, mm-hmm. a lot of something deeper going on. Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. carrying over from another encounter, or they have some they, they don't understand why what they did was wrong. Mm hmm. Or mm-hmm. um, maybe the tone they used, or something like that. Like, right. you don't completely understand the correction because you still are dealing with a child, right? And I think that when they start to look more like an adult, we we just start to treat them more like an adult and right. fully expect them to have that prefrontal cortex completely developed. <laughs> yeah.
0: And how old is your daughter? Tell us that again. She's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years old, yeah. So that's what she's. That's the age you're dealing with right now, and that's what is, uh, you know, that's what you're talking about. Is like she does not have the ability to necessarily, um, pick up on those things that you know someone who were a li- who was a little older might pick up on.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes they need help processing those emotions and thoughts and recognizing them as either sinful or sometimes justified.
0: I love what you said about apologizing. Um, I think I agree with you completely. I was not very good at that, especially to start with. My family, my parents, uh, didn't apologize uh, very much, if at all. And so that was never pattern for me and that's not an excuse, um, but it is something that needed to change with my own kids. And I think... Down the road, I got a little bit better at that and I've gotten better at, at it now as a, you know, as a, you know, long time mom and, you know, now have this extended family that we're, uh, you know, it's not just my own kids now, it's, it's in-law kids and all of that. So you really have to, um, you have to work hard at making sure that you're restoring that fellowship properly mm-hmm. and biblically. And I think that is the only way to do it, you know, mm-hmm. like, if I have sinned against somebody, I need to tell them I'm sorry for, you know, I, it could be, I'm sorry for being, uh, for giving full vent to my anger, um, for saying things that were unkind, for treating you in a disrespectful way or whatever. So we name it. um, I think that's really important to put a name on it. Yeah. Um, Do you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, and and we are called to ask forgiveness and we're called to forgive whether we feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. So we still say the words, even though we may not be fully feeling it yet. And I don't think I was super good at that either. So, so there you go, moms. I I think that was probably one of the best pieces of advice that you could give moms out there because I think as moms, as parents, we sometimes feel like we're going to lose our authority with our kids, that they're not going to respect us.
1: And here's the thing. It diffuses the situation almost spontaneously because my child wants to respect me. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what else? our kids love us and they're really, really resilient. And so they're very forgiving. They're more forgiving than adults are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think that if we are careful to um, just, again, restore that relationship when things have gone awry, and then we're also going to the Lord as well together and saying, Lord, please forgive us for this. Because we've not only sinned against each other, we've sinned against God when we do these things or say these things to each other. Um, but it wipes the slate clean and it doesn't allow the enemy to get a foothold. And I think that's something that's super, super important. You know, as moms and as parents, we're, we're like the gatekeepers of our homes. Mm-hmm. And when relationships continue to to go um, on with unrestored fellowship, I believe that does give the enemy the opportunity to plant seeds of bitterness and resentment. And, you know, like you, you said, a lot of times those reactions to each other are based on, um, I think a lot of times that, that fellowship wasn't restored in another situation and it sort of has built mm-hmm. from there. And I remember going through that with um, you and Brittany, you know, you guys were so different and um, just getting you guys to learn to communicate you know, in a healthy way with each other was, was challenging for you guys, but you wanted it, you know, like you were like, we don't like the way this relationship is. We do want to improve it. And you took the steps, um, that, well, you know,
1: yeah. I felt like I gleaned the, ma- the majority of my communication skills from the mother daughter relationship. Mm. Um, and I've carried those skills into my marriage. So how you're communicating with your daughter at this young age is going to affect how she communicates with her husband, how she expects to be treated by him. Like it sets Mm -hmm. you up for a lot. Right, right. Exactly. Because if... We're treating, if
0: a mom is treating their daughter poorly, we're teaching her that it is okay to let other people treat her that way. Even people in authority, which can also make her vulnerable to abuses of all Mm -hmm. kinds, you know, Um, even if it's just verbal and emotional abuse. um, We don't, we don't want to set that scenario up for them. So Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. We're definitely laying a foundation um, and again, going back to scripture and restoring that fellowship, understanding that this is the gospel that we're applying mm-hmm. to our life with our children. And um, so that's that's something that is very redemptive as well. Um, that's the cool thing about being a believer is like these things happen. We restore that fellowship um, according to how God says to do so. And he takes care of the rest, you know, mm-hmm. like we are covered and and that he redeems that. And, um, and I think I saw that happen in our relationship as well. Like, I, I think I learned to apologize more the time went on, as time went on. And uh, because the thing is, I think as moms, we don't want to admit like our struggles and our, <laughs> our imperfections and our, you know, uh, weaknesses. And I think that's, it's pride for me. It was pride. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to face this part of me. That's quite ugly, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but I remember, you know, sometimes as, as teens, and this happened with all the teenagers because they're just really good at this. Um, I would, uh, I would be correcting them on something and they would say to me, uh, basically point out some character flaw. In me. Um, And it felt like it was like a diversion. And I think a lot of the time it was. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I learned to do was to say, okay, I am willing to hear you out on this issue that you have with me, but not right now. Right now, we're going to address the issue that I'm addressing with you. So let's take, you know, have them take responsibility for that. Get back the, to me. <laughs> get that all cleared up. Let's give it a tiny little bit of time and then be sure to go back and say, and and, th- and I did this. I would sit back down and I would say, okay, so this, this issue that you have with me that I always do this or I never do this, tell me about that. Over half the time, they would say to me, well, I actually was just saying that to, Divert the attention from myself. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but being willing to stop and 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 go back and visit that, revisit mm-hmm. that with them, you know, just made for more um uh, more of a authentic relationship, you know, and yeah, so it was really
1: good. Again, okay. something I've carried into my marriage.
0: Mm, I love that. So, does the daughter have any responsibilities in nurturing the relationship, or does this pretty much fall completely on moms? Does age make a difference?
1: I think it does make a difference. I think it's a gradual thing. She kind of Mm -hmm. gradually comes into her own responsibilities in the relationship because, you know, you're still learning how to even have a relationship with your parents. You know, they're they're the example of that. Um, But as you get older, I think that um, there's just key communication skills in the relationship that you become responsible for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think needs and all of that your expectations. Right. Right. And, and your responses.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I think initially there's uh, some training that has to happen right off the bat where, okay, it's, if you have an issue with me, I, that's completely fine. And I'm willing to hear the issue, but it must be said in a respectful way. Um, and so, even teaching them and training them how to do that early on, you know, my, my go-to was always, do you want to try that again? And give them a second chance to say it in a way that where the tone was respectful and the words were respectful. Plus we're teaching them like huge communication skills, Mm
1: -hmm. like,
0: like you mentioned earlier. So, um, so they're going to learn to hopefully catch themselves in the future before they say it in a disrespectful way. And that's a great foundational thing to teach them so that when you're heading into those years when maybe there's more conflict during the teen years, you've you've got that established
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with them. But that also means, moms, we have to be respectful of the daughters as well. You know, We talked about this earlier, just our tone and how we talk with them, how we word things. Um, There needs to be rules of engagement. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So we want to model for them that same respect that we want from them. Um, At the same time, keeping our authority as a parent, our role as a parent, because Something that used to happen, especially when you guys were teenagers, was I I would notice that a lot of times um, uh, the teens would start talking to me as though I were their peer. You know, hey, dude, hey, bro, you know, or whatever. And I'd be like, "Uh, excuse me? No, I'm not your bro. I'm not your dude. I'm not your friend. I mean, I am your friend, but that's secondary. Um, You know, I'm your mom. So I need you to, you know, like, be respectful when you're talking to me. So uh, yeah, keeping that, you know, just keeping that, that authority and that, that role in your kid's life. It's really important because I think it sets up a secure boundary for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then in terms of the, the daughters, I think starting out with the, the respect, but then as it goes on, like just say you're going, they're getting into the teen years. You Mm -hmm. mentioned expectations, like to have reasonable expectations of their mom is that what you were saying
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah what do you think that looks like
1: mm-hmm. like in what context
0: like how if, if a teenage girl were listening right now to this podcast and she feels like uh, maybe there's things she wishes her mom would do how can she like gauge or decide what to do with those expectations
1: um, I think, well, recognizing them in the first place, and not them not just being a jumble in your head of emotion right. at that age. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> yeah, really, well, that's
0: a challenge in itself, it's isn't a it?
1: Challenge in itself, yeah. But I think if you've taught her how to address her own feelings and emotions, and kind of sort those out, and like think critically about them to a certain extent, I think that she will naturally come up with those expectations. And I think <laughs> that varies from. Mother and daughter to mother and daughter, you know, right? Um, but I think that like you we fall back on those rules of engagement. like could could there be mutual respect in relationships, and can mm-hmm. we expect um, things to be resolved after an argument or an right. encounter with each other um, and restoring that fellowship and all of that? Mm-hmm. Sort of mm-hmm. counts, I would say.
0: Yes, keeping short accounts. Yeah, if you can, it's, if it's at all possible, maybe making um, you not letting the sun go down on your wrath, mm-hmm. uh, a standard rule. Now, there's also another scripture um, in the Psalms that talks about. Um, it, it's funny because it uses the same terminology: be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And then in the Psalms it says, "Be angry and sin not." Um, basically, rest on your bed and meditate. So you're, there's times that you're all just too tired. Mm-hmm. to to deal with it that evening, but you resolve to uh, give it to the Lord and deal with it in the morning. And so there's, there, I, I think that, that God is saying like, there's two different ways, options, you can do this, but, but in the, at the end of the day, it's really, it is about keeping short accounts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and then maybe I'm thinking for the teen uh, daughter, like write down the things that you would, maybe that you want your mom to do more or, or start doing and then bring it to her and just say, you know, these are some things and you guys can talk about it together and maybe recognize how those things can happen and whether or not they're reasonable expectations and do it in a, again, a respectful way,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: in a way that's very open handed and just
1: like, uh, it's an open exchange. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's super important. I've noticed when I've asked Abby about those things, she has very specific scenarios and examples. Mm -hmm. Isn't that funny? Disrespected. And she's, she's filed them away in her brain. So like Mm. very specific and she brings them to me and I am like, I am so sorry that Mm -hmm. I made you feel that way. I would Mm -hmm. never want to make you feel that way. Right. What can I do to make it right? You know, Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. a conversation about what happened and why, I responded the way I did and why you right. well you did like and when we dissect it suddenly we walk away like suddenly a good conversation happens right and then we walk away and we both feel lighter <laughs>
0: you feel lighter you feel a lot more connected so yeah. that when something else comes down the pike or when you have to give her directives or correction after that um the air is clear and there's yeah. there's more um otherwise it feels like there's congestion between yeah. your directive which could be a very reasonable biblical definitely need to give that directive but the reception is really messed up because yeah. of the thing that hasn't been made right so yeah and i think you know sometimes um just if you can i mean just have even like a weekly set time if that works out for you, that does not work for everybody, but just to check in with them, especially if it's been a really busy week. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when families that go through busy seasons, my encouragement is always don't live in that busy season forever. Um, but it happens and sometimes it's necessary, but then pull back and, and tie those strings of fellowship. Uh, again, make sure that you're, uh, I think as moms, if we can like at the end of the week, ask ourselves, or even at the end of the day, did I connect with Mm -hmm. this child and this child and this child in a way that they felt loved and I know where they are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? And if not, we make it our goal the next day, we make it a priority to do that. Um, Because just keeping that pulse on each of those relationships is really essential. I
1: have um, to ask myself that sometimes I'm laying in bed and I'm like, did I connect with my kids or did they just take orders all day? (laughs) Right, right, exactly,
0: exactly. (laughs) And that's not that's not. uh, Let me just give a caution because if you guys are anything like me, you'll lay there and feel guilty and condemned, and that's not what that (laughs) that thought process is about. That thought process is about um, nurturing. It's about okay, Lord. Uh, you're, you're, you're realigning me with what is right and good. And so I take that correction again. Now we're taking correction from the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, not heaping condemnation on ourselves, not heaping all kinds of judgment on ourselves. We're bringing it before the Lord. And we're saying, we're going to let you be the judge. So Mm -hmm. Lord, you be the judge. And you tell me if that's what happened today and how tomorrow I can do it differently. Give me opportunities, give me the right words. And um, and don't let me forget when I wake up in the morning.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. Lay it at his feet and and to it's okay to feel convicted.
0: Yes. Absolutely. It becomes guilt. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So what advice would you give moms with younger girls with, say, like under 13 years old?
1: Um, I would say to operate with the understanding that teenagers, especially younger ones, are Extremely fragile, even if they don't come across mm-hmm. as fragile. yes across super harsh. yes, they're so fragile inside, and mm. they're still cultivating their personhood and their discernment and their self-esteem. And if someone is making them feel like they're wrong all the time, mm-hmm. they will carry that into adulthood and they mm-hmm. will leave them vulnerable to being abused right um, or if they're they think that they're wrong to be treated well, to want to be treated well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Because at the end of the day, it's it's that sends the message to them that like at the end of the day, it's not about being right; it's about who has the most power. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Nobody wants to get into a relationship like that. No. (laughs) No. But that's what we. That's what our they could tend to be drawn to because that's what they see as oh this is what a relationship is. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of helping define what are healthy relationships? And, and that starts in the home. And I say that all the time. Like it starts in the home between parents and child and between the siblings. And this is why it's so important that as moms, we also nurture those sibling relationships. And um, I have uh, several episodes on that, but it's it's because these are the first relationships that our kids have. This is laying the foundation for what is acceptable in a relationship and what is not. So if you're, the siblings are treating each other poorly, that needs to be reckoned with that needs to be dealt with because I, you're basically saying, right no, <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going to do that to her or you're not going to do that to him. And, you know, we can talk about what happened, but that treatment is unacceptable, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that um, I'm just going to chime in on this particular question. Um, I think trying to keep the communication lines open all the time with your daughter Um continually communicating to her that you want her to come to you for anything and everything and you um you are open to hear things that you know maybe you don't want to hear you know like it's okay and i i think being able to even say to them you know i might not respond really well the first time i hear you say that but please know that i'm going to ultimately do the right thing in that situation so don't be afraid to come to me and tell me, you know, if something's wrong, if something's up or whatever. And I, I like what you said about um, just how fragile they are. It, it doesn't mean that you don't keep your authority as a parent. It does mean that your daughter needs maybe some extra tenders, tenderness and maybe more hugs than she's actually letting on. That's something that I didn't cue into with a couple of our girls. I think you and Johanna both mm-hmm. Um needed more hugs, but you didn't initiate them. So I assumed you didn't need them. And I had other kids who would just come up to me and give me a hug, you know, oh, you need a hug. Okay. But not every kid is like that. And so, um, I've tried to make it more of a habit to, to, to grab your younger sister, who's what, how, how many years younger, nine years younger than you and just hug her more and give her words of affirmation because I, I kind of missed the boat more than I wanted to with mm-hmm. you on that. And then also, Um, This whole seeking to understand before being understood, it can be so easy for us as moms to say, you know, I'm the authority. They're gonna need to understand what I'm saying first. Um, And sometimes that's true. But there are other times when it's like, okay, tell me what's happening here. Mm -hmm. I wanna understand why you reacted that way. That is something that I wish I would have done more of with you because what I didn't know, because every time I did do that, I found out there was way more going on then I had even imagined you were having struggles that I had no idea about. And had I not stopped and said, tell me what's really going on. Is there something more to this than just, you know, you having an issue with this surface type thing, you know? Every time I did that, you were like, yeah, this is what's going on. I got an earful and I was like, oh my gosh, why don't I do this more often? Well, so
1: I, I seemed like I just said everything and I am that weird personality blend where I appear to be an open book right underneath like there's so much more going on <laughs> right 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 well and you
0: you are more complex but there is a reason for that um the thing that i've learned over the years is just how much um how much how gifted you are when it comes to like discernment and spiritual things um i knew some of that was there but the degree and the depth of that really didn't come out till later Mm -hmm. um, when you were an adult. And as you got more confident and more like, more (laughs) adult-like, you know, Mm -hmm. you could express those things better. But I think as teenagers, we moms can draw that out of Mm -hmm. our daughters and and help them see that this is actually a gift. This feeling that you have in that situation that I had no idea um, Mm -hmm. was basically you being more sensitive than I was to a spiritual battle that was going on in a scenario that I completely missed, Mm. you know? Mm. And, and so that's something that I think moms, you need to bear in mind that there's often when there's that, um, that, uh, butting of heads, um, there's more to be understood. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: think that is what I would encourage you in. That's what I would say, Hey, if I could go back and do it over again, that's what I would do. I'd spend more time saying, "What's going on in the head and heart of yours?" Because it's, and because as I as I grew to find out later on, it was like this is absolutely fascinating. This is absolutely amazing. This is an amazing young lady. And <laughs> so, um, anyway, so okay, what advice would you give to moms with teen girls?
1: So now we're past the twelve-year-old age. Oh goodness, I I would say set her up to build her confidence, mm-hmm. but. Point her to Jesus because mm-hmm. you are going, you're not infallible. <laughs> you're right. not to fill all the gaps. You have to point her to Jesus because if she doesn't learn to depend on him, then she's going to depend on you mm-hmm. and depend mm-hmm. on every other relationship in her life to fill her. And it's just never going to completely fill her. Exactly. And she needs Jesus in that spot. And right. But you need to almost be sick of how much you're saying it because... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it needs well, to be that clear. Yeah, and I think that
0: applies to the expectations as well. Like I I know that sometimes there were expectations I did not meet with you girls and, and, um, and that I was aware of and couldn't meet. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the point at which you say, I'm sorry, I am a human being with limitations. I can't Mm -hmm. seem to pull that off. And so Mm -hmm. I've, I've tried, it's not working. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, you know what, maybe God wants to meet this need in a different way for you. So, or, Tell them, look, if there's something you feel like I'm not doing that I should be doing or doing more of, pray about it first and give me the chance to hear from the Lord. Because what will happen is as they realize they can pray for somebody, they can ask the Lord for something, and then they can watch the Lord speak to somebody else and watch them take take the initiative on it when they didn't ever say anything to them about it. Does that make sense? Because we do this in our marriages too. There are times when we just either don't have the opportunity or it's just a topic we're not we haven't brought up with our husbands yet, but we would like to see, we're not sure how it's going to go maybe. <laughs> so we're going to pray about it first and see what God does first. And so that's a way to encourage them towards mm-hmm. the Lord at that phase of the game or when they're lonely and maybe they don't have, they don't feel like they have enough friends or a good best friend. I remember going through that with Johanna. We moved across the country she didn't really have a best friend in the place we live. She had some friends, but not any best friends. And she really wanted a best friend. So the first couple of years she was here, super lonely, super struggling. And I just kept saying, I, I'll pray with you. I'll pray alongside of you, but let's ask the Lord to bring somebody along. And he absolutely did. She has a wonderful, this person is going to be her, her best friend for life, you know? And, um, you can just tell it's a long-term relationship. So um, so when they get to see the Lord answer their prayers, they begin to see, wow, this is a God that can be depended on for mm-hmm. all my needs. And there is no one person who can meet all those needs because the Lord knows when we get married, mm-hmm. we love that man. And there's so many wonderful things we see in him, but at the end of the day, he's still human.
1: He's still a man. <laughs>
0: and he's still, and he's still a man. And he's not going to be able to meet those needs. And the Lord is faithful. Um, I think some of the things that I would speak into that is don't forget what it was like to be that age, (laughs) try to like go back into the little dusty files, um, (laughs) remembering like you are figuring out who you are. Remember feeling like I'm not an adult, but I'm not a kid. I don't really know what my
1: gifts are. I don't even. And uh, one way to build her confidence is when she's talking about something she's passionate about or curious about, listen with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Like don't be half listening don't, and doing other things. Like really pay attention to her and be enthusiastic about, be curious with her mm-hmm. and be enthusiastic about what she's talking about, because that may be something that shapes her future. That may be something that shapes like your relationship. And it may be something she is not interested in at all a year from now. Right. But that's you, not the point. But yeah, she's going to come to you now and tell you. Mm-hmm because you're you're her cheerleader and you want
0: to you want to encourage that you're also encouraging that curiosity so this is spilling over into homeschooling where you're curi- you're encouraging that curiosity by engaging and asking questions you know um and that's one thing that I think is so helpful as a parent and I actually planning on uh, I think doing an episode on that whole concept of asking questions and um how important that is but when our kids know that we value what they're doing or their ideas or their thoughts about things it grows their confidence and it opens up a whole world of of them feeling like they can explore
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and that you're going to be right there alongside of them and providing resources if they need it but just if nothing else just like you said being that cheerleader mm-hmm. and that person who's saying that's super interesting i really i'd like to hear more about that you know yeah. um you know what do you think about this what do you think about that and um,
1: to be that with your husband that's being a help me to your yeah, husband. There's absolutely when sam is talking and i i have no idea uh-huh. what it is he's got in mind but like I I'm with you, babe. Like, right. You, you just listen, listen, and I'm gonna, you know, try and figure this out with you. And um, I've found that that has like been the best way to be supportive of my husband. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. Like, just listening with interest and trying to absorb what he's saying and trying to get mm-hmm. on board, even if it's not something that like clicks with me or that I see coming to fruition. Right. Sometimes he brings it to fruition, and I'm like, and then I get it. Right. <laughs> right. Like exactly. Careful. Exactly. Yes, and I think also, um, moms,
0: and this is this is a big, big one. Don't overreact. Mm-hmm. Um, be the adult. Don't get on the emotional roller coaster ride with them because that happens so, so, so quickly. Just say no to, in your head. Say no. I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not playing. <laughs> in terms of the emotional reaction, we are responsible like I said, to be the adult in the situation and to yield our emotions to the Lord. We set that example. We we are the calm ones. We're the ones who don't let them, you know, strap us into that roller coaster and go <laughs> alongside of them, right? We want to teach them how to regulate. And we do that by example. Um, and again, seek to understand before being understood. There's another thing that uh, uh, Daryl, my husband, would say, Um, when I would be like, I don't know if she's getting this specific thing that I'm trying to teach her. And he would say that there are some things that only God can teach her through life experience. So I think my encouragement to moms is don't expect your 15 or even your 20 year old to have the wisdom of a 35 or 40 year old. Like they're they're, they're age appropriate in their wisdom. Hopefully they're wise beyond their years, but at the same time, they can only be so wise beyond their years. Like they they need to go through the processes like we went through the processes. Mm-hmm. And so patience and love and grace and kindness and understanding as much as possible, um, and, and a constant like, all of that within the framework of, of scripture, all of that within the framework of who God is and who they are in Christ and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. um, in, okay. So share last question. In what ways does your relationship with your mom change as you become an adult?
1: I think, um, it shifts to more of like, she's the mentor and, Mm -hmm. aunt and, um, a support system of sorts, but like you're not so heavily reliant on her and you kind of get to enjoy that relationship a little bit mm-hmm. more because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not a whole business. It's not, right. <laughs> you, know, you can, you can spar with each other and, you know, make jokes back and forth. And, um, I've just found that there's like so much more understanding than I ever thought there would be as mm. I've gotten older. And, um, I just really have learned to appreciate the wife in you and not just the mom in you. Mm, Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think from a mom's
0: perspective, um, at this, at, as this relationship turns into an adult relationship, um, we have to learn to let go, to pray more, ask more questions, um, talk less. (laughs) And, and as of course, when they get married, the husband becomes their head and so we have to respect that brand new fresh household that is a household unto itself and so we're respecting her husband because he is her choice and we are we are always pointing her toward his leadership not just spouting off all of our own opinions about things, but asking question, the main question being, so what does your husband say? <laughs> what mm-hmm. does your husband think, you know? And because that's important, it's an important way to support that marriage and support that relationship. Um, so I think that I the things that I, the couple of last things that I want to share, um, because I wanted you at the end of the day to... Um, Be sure that you saw that this investment was very much worthwhile, no matter how hard it gets. And uh, I want to just reiterate that it's worthwhile even when it's hard, because hard does not mean bad. When your daughter sees you making stalwart efforts to have a good relationship with her, she knows she's worth fighting for. And God uses it, um, this relationship to sanctify us by helping us see our own sinfulness, our weaknesses, our areas that we need to surrender to the Lord. Um, It can bring healing to our relationships um, with our own moms that are maybe not what we had hoped for, or uh, maybe they're even non-existent, and it motivates us to do better as moms. And so the, that's what the hardships do for us. And so God takes these things and he redeems them. And the second thing I wanted you to walk away with is to realize that what you're fighting for when you're working so hard to have a good relationship with your daughter has long-term ramifications. Um, and And they look like this, the long-term privilege of being able to speak into your daughter's life and therefore into her marriage and her family. And as she walks through adult life, Uh, That's also going to indirectly impact uh, her friends and her friends' families. So, as you're nurturing this relationship, you're nurturing a woman who not only raises another family and, um, you know, marries them off and they make families, but they also impact their friends. Like, I listened to some of the advice and some of the counsel that I know, Jenna, you've given to friends and, um, It's been solid and biblical and I think really mattered and made a difference in their lives. And so moms, that starts with us in that nurturing, that mother-daughter relationship and teaching our daughters how to be a woman of God. And um, lastly, and just one of the sweetest, uh, sweetest things that you're fighting for is being able to find yourself with a friend for life. And so I know that I can always pick up the phone and I can call Jenna and I can talk with her. And you know, each of my daughters has a different sort of a little bit of a different role in 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 terms of friendships. Um, and, but Jenna is someone that I call when I am struggling with something like in a kind of a deep way that's complicated. I know that I can say everything I need to say to her and I can say it however I want to say it. <laughs> Even if it's not all quite like maybe, uh you know, sweet and lovely. Um, she sees through it all and past all that crud and she sees what's really there and she can help me get to the bottom of it. And I know she'll pray for me. And, um, and, uh, so anyway, that's what you're fighting for moms. And so it is worth the investment. It is worth the effort. It's worth the time. It's worth the hardship. Um, so I hope that this episode was an encouragement to you and hopefully to your daughters as well. Um, Hey, Jenna, would you mind closing in a word of prayer? Not at all. It's-
1: Uh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for this time Uh, we got to spend together and uh, just kind of really pulling this apart and dissecting it. And uh, hopefully we're walking away with some good, good stuff and um, Mm -hmm. we can apply with our with our daughters. And I just pray for everybody present here that um, if there is hurt in the relationships Mm -hmm. um, with their daughters, that they would just um, find the courage and the wherewithal to, um, Mm -hmm to ask for forgiveness and and to find that forgiveness because you are always there with that Lord. I just pray for um, softened hearts and good communication between mothers Mm. and daughters. And I just Mm. pray for healing Mm. in a situation where there needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I just pray that uh, these, these words would uh, ignite a fire in moms who, who need that. And uh, Mm that, that, your wisdom would just uh, shine through, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to make mistakes in every podcast. And uh, (laughs) I just pray that you would cover those with your grace and Mm -hmm. walk away with what they need to walk away with. And Mm -hmm. just give this all to you, Lord. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. And uh, we just pray that it would be evident through us in our parenting. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.